Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network, as we welcome you in on a Thursday, week six. The NFL kicks off tonight. Kansas City Arrowhead shout to Harry Truman of course bigger than Harry Truman in 2023 Taylor Swift is going to be at the game why does that matter not because we care about pop music because that means Kelsey's going to play why would she show up if he wasn't going to play are they married no he wants to flex so we'll find out we'll get the number right now 11 tonight in Kansas City with the Chiefs laying it against the worst defense you've seen this side of the Lions in 08 welcome everybody I'm Patrick Maher, of course, the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson, he's stressed today. Of course, he has tomorrow off. He and John Goulet have been huddling to figure out how I will get by with Amal Shaw tomorrow. My question to Amal Shaw is, why don't they trust us? Hi, Amal. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing I, great. I, to answer your question on the advice of counsel, I was told not to answer. Yeah. I Listen, I, I didn't have a career before the big guy. I don't know how I'm going to have one after tomorrow. Uh, Dustin, uh, without you, we are nothing. How are you? I know it's a stressful time for you, uh, whether it be Big Poppy, whether it be the rundown, not to your liking. I know it's a frustrating time, but don't worry. Mom and dad are in town, yeah, so you guys can go out and have a good time tonight into tomorrow as a day off. You deserve it, big guy. What's cracking? Yeah. Which strip club do you think my mom's going to enjoy the most during her trip? <laughs> well, you did say you were going to take her to the Cosmo. That is not a strip club. That is a casino. I'm sure you guys will have a fruitful time. Uh, don't let them in on everything you do in Las Vegas, including massages and, of course, gambling to the point of debt. Um, okay, boys, we welcome everyone. And today, baseball, of course, big deal. Uh, it's funny because Dustin reminded me these teams that have had a ton of rest 
uh, are getting bounced here. Amal Shaw, one seed in the AL, 101 wins for Baltimore. They're gone. They lost to a 90-win uh, Texas team. Uh, one seed in the NL, that being Atlanta. Historic offense, 104 wins. They're one win away as far as the Phillies. 90 wins on the year from being bounced. The two seed last night in the NL, that being the Dodgers, 100 wins. They just got bounced and swept by the 84-win D-backs. Of course, you touched on it yesterday. Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, one for 21 in the series. Not great. Uh, The Twins, who won 87 games, although that's the AL Central, so it doesn't matter. We move on. Of course, Houston moves on in the AL after winning I think close to 90 games as well. It's I don't know if you put much into this rest in Major League Baseball struggling with these teams, but that's where we stand right now. Well, I think it's an important aspect of it. You look at three of the four teams that were the higher seed got eliminated and eliminated fairly quickly. Baltimore gets swept by a hot Texas Rangers team who kind of limped to the finish line. We see the Dodgers have that week off, and then all of a sudden the hot Arizona Diamondbacks come in there, take care of business with no problem, and you're seeing a similar situation with the Phillies against the Atlanta Braves. So I think there's some validity to that. Uh, Minnesota, that's a team that's been feast or famine offensively all year, so it doesn't necessarily play out. But this is the third year we're looking at a potential team in Atlanta, that's the one overall seed that could be eliminated before they even get to the LCS. The Dodgers, they win, what, 100 games this year, 111 games the previous year, and 106 two years ago, and they get eliminated before getting to the World Series once again. So I don't know if that's something that people should be concerned with, but it it just seems like what we've seen so far, Patrick, it definitely plays a factor into having that ability to continuously be in motion and having games under your belt. Yep, those are all facts spoken by Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson last night. The Phillies at the bank. People need to relax with the bank. Can we please? Okay, so you're there. You're hammered in Philadelphia. We get it. Uh, you love Benjamin Franklin. Uh, 10 to 2, a big winner. I was completely off on my team total over four and a half for the Braves. You know what's weird about the Braves? It's not necessarily one through four. You know, Acuna, Albies, Olsen, Riley, they're 10 for 32 over the last two, so a little over 300 as far as the batting average. It's the bottom half of that lineup that's killing them. Uh, but they get an opportunity to hang in there and force uh, the series back to Atlanta and they get Spencer Strider on the bump today. Now you two are anti Strider. Let's get into the number and we'll set up the game. I, I, I don't quite understand. Uh, however, uh, I defer. Let's go. 148 is the price over at DraftKings right now with Strider and Atlanta favored Suarez, who not necessarily an opener look to get three, you know, four innings out of him, then go to the bullpen. If you're the Phillies, eight and a half on the total. A couple of things if you are Atlanta, and then I want your take on Strider. Uh, he took the L in game one. However, he was awesome. You know, seven innings pitched, struck out eight, which he strikes out a million batters, five hits, one earned. But I know the two of you haven't necessarily been overly. I guess, exuberant in your praise of Strider. Is that fair? Oh, absolutely. Look, this guy had a tremendous season, goes 20 and 5 with 3.86 ERA. He's been dominant against the Phillies in his career. 8 0 record with a 1.90 ERA and 72 strikeouts in eight regular season starts. If you include the postseason, he's got a 2.54 ERA. That escalates quite a bit when you look at what he's done in the regular season. To me, he's a guy who's got the ability to strike out 12, 14 batters in a game, but at the same time, 
if you've got a frontline ace, a Garrett Cole, a Max Scherzer, Verlander type, I want a guy that every fifth day is taking the ball and I feel like at worst is going to give up two runs. I don't have that type of confidence in Spencer Strider. Maybe Dustin sees it differently, but can he limit this team in a great pitching matchup? It's going to be a bullpen day for the Phillies. It's a good opportunity here for Atlanta. Well, Krabby Pants. Well, I th- I'm I think sure you're going to be. Well, let me just say this quickly, mm-hmm. and maybe you'll disagree with me, but I, I was digging through the bright side for the Braves is they didn't use like their high leverage because they were down so yep. big in the game yesterday. They didn't use. I wrote it down. Yates, Simenez, Minter, Iglesias. So they didn't use big time arms, high leverage arms out of that bullpen yesterday. Well, look, if this was a regular season game, Spencer Strider would probably be a dollar seventy favorite in this matchup. Like I think you're getting a nice number here. Uh, because, you know, he's susceptible to the long ball every now and then. But there's only one bet to place tonight, and it's on the Braves. $1.48 is a great number. Spencer Strider, the Braves in his last 11 starts following a Braves loss, Atlanta has won those games. Wait, 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 hold on. Hold on. You told me you hated Strider this morning on the phone I, in this spot. Well, no, I don't like Strider at all as a pitcher. I think he's a little overrated because he allows a bunch of runs. But in this spot, I am into Spencer Strider. Also, when you're facing Ranger Suarez, look at the Braves numbers. The Braves are the best team in baseball against left-handed pitching. 72% win percentage against lefties. I, I, you have to bet a, a one, minus 148 on the Braves. Season on the line. Strider can't get it done here. The one thing I'd be concerned about, two weeks ago, Spencer Strider was asked just like a, a hypothetical. If you could make one change to baseball, what would it be? You know what his change was? No fans. He doesn't like fans in the stands. Well, it's going to be pretty loud tonight, so he's going to have to get used to it. Is he going to bring his blankie to the bump? (laughs) Pull yourself together, Spencer. Hold on now. Did I just walk you two into a bad spot? I apologize if I did. For some reason, I thought you both were fading Strider today. So it's... uh, We're both down on him for the season because he... The issue for Amal and I was mostly that people kept making the case that he should be the NL Cy Young Award winner over Blake Snell when Snell had a an ERA a whole like run and a half lower than him. It, 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 for oh, me, you were coming off your bets. No, I it, see. for you me it was more than that. Bets. It, it was for the simple fact that when I look at a frontline number one ace, he's a person, when you think about in the postseason, whether it's a small to Pedro, I'm not going to put him at that level, but even Zach Wheeler. Think about this. If the Braves win tonight, how confident are you if you're Atlanta going up against Zach Wheeler in game five? Probably not the most confident. You expect with the team you're going to have a chance. But right now, when I look at Strider, he doesn't exude that type of confidence. For me, I'd rather have Max Freed on the bump than Spencer Strider. That, that's just kind of how I come out in terms of where I look at Strider. He's got the capability of going, I mean, we could be talking tomorrow, and it could be seven innings, two hits, zero earned runs, and 12 strikeouts. He's very capable of that. But it's the lack of consistency for me as a number one that, that where I have a problem with Spencer Strider. Well, if he does pitch well and he and the Braves do cash, at least tomorrow we won't have to open with Dustin flexing. Crickets! <laughs> you- hey, hey, listen, if you want to point to Strider, and I like your quote, so Strider basically said, I don't want people in the stands. Well, did you hear what these people walking out of the bank were sh- screaming yesterday on the way out? Quote, 
we want Strider. We want Strider. So they know what he said. They know he's soft. He sounds like, by the way, Spencer Strider sounds like somebody that would be opposite of Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. <laughs> I think he's going to be fine. He struck out the state of Montana this year. The guy strikes out everybody in a big spot. Remember in game one when Snitker, your boy, was trying to rip him off the mound. He didn't want to go. And then eventually they end up losing because he did go. So I think he'll be fine. I, he, he I think it's make, a little overrated as far as the crowd. He can make me. Uh, he can make me a believer tonight. I I I love his stuff. His stuff plays. It's just every now and then you'll look up. You'll go, wait. He was cruising through six, and all of a sudden he allowed two homers in an inning, and his team's down three nothing. Do you hate Spencer Strider as much as you hate Desmond Ritter? No, no, no. I like Spencer Strider. I think Spencer Strider would be a better quarterback for the Falcons right now than Desmond Ritter. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. So again, so just to recap, you guys both like Strider. think he's a big time pitcher, but didn't like him because you had a ticket on somebody that wasn't playing for the Braves and was playing for the Padres. He had a three, eight, six ERA. I think there were points in the year he was over four. Yeah, Don't yell at me. I didn't do anything. I'm just asking. <laughs> he was striking a ton of guys out, but he was allowing a lot of runs. Some I, of it was on your boy Snicker, though. Snicker would leave him in a little bit too long when he didn't he have his he's best better stuff. better than he is. That's that's my problem with Strider. It, look, he's a good pitcher, and he gets <laughs> people get enamored with him because of the strikeouts. Anytime you have a pitcher who's capable of pushing 300 strikeouts in a season, there's always going to be an affinity towards him. I just don't think he's in line with the talent perspective of the number of strikeouts he's able to put together. I'm just bummed out we didn't get to ask Big Poppy about it. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I, I, we almost had it. I thought, first off, Lombardi and Stormy killed it with Big Big Poppy's got a great personality. And shout to DraftKings. We are, we're, we're uh, co workers, we're contemporaries. But I'd love to know a guy that shook by a crowd like Strider who had that quote would Big Poppy feel more comfortable in the box against him. Hey, you know what? Call up, Len. Let's get Big Poppy. I'm sure he'll come on. Come on. Next segment? All right. Thursday Night Football next. (laughs) If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, it is... VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, as we welcome you back here on a Thursday. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. Shout out to the big guy. We're going to miss you tomorrow. Welcome in Josh Applebaum, our co worker here at VSIN, author, the Everything Guide to Sports Betting, Market Insights, Daily Morning Bets. And this weekend, he's just trying to get to the fantasy suite with Elise. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying, big guy? You know what I'm saying, I love Josh? It. Yep. We know you do. Hey, um, we're going to get to, I want you to analyze our dog pound picks here in just a second, but let's start with tonight and that being kicking off week six in Kansas city. We know the angle as far as primetime under specifically on a short week here on a Thursday, but also big time win tonight, Josh, which has pushed the total down from 51 on the opener down to 47 here. Yeah. So let's start with the total here, Patrick. Great to be with you guys. I'm all Dustin. Great to see you. So this is an underplay for me, Patrick. I mean, you saw the total open at 51 and a half. It's down to 47. It was 47 and a half at some shops this morning. You're now seeing some books, even 46 snaps. It's been pretty steady here toward the under and you hit the nail on the head. There's two big things going on. If you just look at it from a data perspective, it just looks like a sharp under. We've seen this total fall. Only 50% of bets are on the under, but 65% of the money using our vcin.com bet splits. So public's undecided, but all the respected uh, money seems to be going under here. Under so far this season are 44 and 34, 56%. Unders that fall at least a half point, Patrick. As long as it just ticks down at least a half point, the under this year is 31 and 16, 66%. That system is 58% since 2021. Primetime unders, as you mentioned, nine and six this year. They're 60% since 2019. So we have the data angle. But Patrick, this is a weather-based play. I know you were on this one from the start of your show, Sharp Money, today. We haven't seen a windy game like this in the NFL this season thus far. You're expecting uh, constant winds of 15 miles per hour or more. Could have gusts up to 40 miles per hour. I think it's a big reason why, obviously, you're seeing this total drop. But here's some systems for you. When the wind blows 10 miles per hour or more, the under this year is 8-0. Perfect 8-0 since 2021 at 64%. Also, windy unders 10 miles per hour or more in a conference game. So kind of that um, outdoor divisional under angle. They're 6-0 this year. They're 73% since 2022. They're 45-17. and 17. Uh, Little cherry on top here, Hockley. He is an under ref historically, 57%. So I like the under here. Even though it's falling and continuing to fall, I think it's falling for a reason. So I'm in pocket with under 47.5. 
and a little bit of lean to the Broncos. I know it's a gross one here, but it's kind of a line freeze play to me, even though you're getting almost 75% of bets on the chiefs public saying, Hey, Taylor Swift aside, uh, by the way, she is traveling to the game and Kelsey's questionable. I would say she's probably not going to go to the game, Patrick, unless he's playing. So stay tuned for that injury alert. Uh, but you have heavy betting the chiefs yet. They open 10 and a half. They haven't moved off of 10 and a half. So it tells me there's some line freeze liability. Anytime it briefly got to 11, it came back down. Mahomes hasn't been great as a favorite laying 10 or more. He's only eight and 13 against the spread 38%. Uh, and we do have that divisional dog angle with the Broncos as well. Divisional dogs are 14 and 10 ATS this year. So the public's had their best start. I think in like 15 years, Patrick, a lot of these obvious plays have been cashing for the public. I'm waiting for some regression. I lean to the Broncos, but I love the under tonight. I got the under 47 and a half. Yeah, I like your call, Josh, on that under. We talked about it earlier. And also, if you like this one, you want to get it now because 47, again, a critical number in the NFL. 48 would have been the best of it, but 47, a pretty good spot there. I want to go to another game tonight at the collegiate level. Starts at 7 Eastern between West Virginia and Houston. This went down in H-Town. Uh, Cougars catching three at home in this one. Josh, where do you come out on this one? I'm going to take the points with Houston them all. Uh, this reminds me a lot of, if you remember Friday, there was a game in Nebraska and Illinois where it was an, a big public play to Illinois. It was three and a half down to three toward uh, Nebraska. Nebraska ends up winning the game. Now, I don't know if Houston wins this thing tonight. I hope they do because I took the plus three, but I like the points and the value of Houston at home here. It's just kind of fishy. If you look at West Virginia, they're four and one. They've won four straight. They just had a massive upset win over TCU. They're a 13 point road dog. They won outright 24, 21. Meanwhile, Houston, they've struggled a bit. They're only two and three this year. They just got rolled by Texas Tech, 49-28. Didn't cover as an eight and a half point road dog. Both teams off of bye weeks. But what are we seeing in the market? Public is all over WVU. Currently, 77% of bets are laying the points with West Virginia. They think this line is way too low. Easy blowout win with the Mountaineers. However, this was an opener at a lot of shops of WVU minus three and a half. If they're getting eight out of 10 bets, why is this line down to three? Tells me you have some smart money on Houston here at home. They're contrarian in a heavily bet game, only getting 23% of bets, but almost 40% of the money. Conference dogs, like those NFL divisional dogs, tend to bark louder. You have the rivalry aspect. It's going to be jumping here at the Houston Stadium. Also, conference dogs who can score. When I'm on a dog, guys, I want a dog who can put up points, either keep pace or backdoor cover. Offensively, actually, Houston's been better than WVU. WVU has the better defense, but offensively, averaging 414 yards a game for Houston, only 347 for WVU. Also the passing game of the Mountaineers last three games, they've only passed for 301 yards. I mean, they're not really getting it done through the air. And then just a little bonus, Dana Holgerson revenge angle. He used to coach WVU. Now he's uh, going up against them at home in Houston. He can play that underdog role. No one believes in us. I would have loved to have gotten the hook here. That's gone, but I got the, I got to take the plus three on Houston tonight. Give me the Cougars in the spot. Boo. Boo. Apple bomb. <laughs> we got Patrick, you're on WVU. Yeah, we got the three of us, the big guy, Amal Shaw, and myself. We're all over WVU. Look at you. Always a contrarian, what? Applebaum. I, Patrick, got to stay true to my roots, man. But don't worry. I got the bachelor on the big TV, so I'll have one eye on this game, and you know, we'll see who comes out on top. <laughs> yeah, you got Gramps and the Golden Bachelor. What's cracking? Uh, okay, next one. Next one up. We talked about West Virginia, Houston. Now, Dustin where his mid-sized dog went with USC. So he's just going money line here. You got USC, Notre Dame. What's the number there in South Bend? Yeah, so this one's really interesting, Patrick. This is the most heavily bet game, um, our second most heavily bet game. We have uh, Oregon and Washington's most heavily bet. But currently you have Notre Dame minus two and a half, minus three. It's kind of been going back and forth. 
Now, Dustin, I, I wish you the best of luck, man. I hope you go 10 and one with your plays this weekend. I hope you lose this one though. I'm going with Notre Dame in this spot. This is a fade the trendy dog play for me, guys. Public is all over uh, USC in this spot. They're getting around 62% of bets, but yet the line keeps going to Notre Dame. I mean, no, this was kind of a pick em type game at one point. I saw one book that even opened maybe a short favorite with USC. Now it's flipped to two and a half or even three with Notre Dame. Uh, aside from kind of just the fade the trendy dog angle, you know, this looks really fishy, guys. Why is the number 21 team favored over the number 10 team? Seems like it should be the other way around, but it's kind of a buy low, sell high. I mean, I expect Notre Dame to come out here, play pretty well. They had a really disappointing loss last week. They were a six-point favorite against Louisville, and they lost 33-20. But USC, as great as Caleb Williams has been, and Penix Jr. actually has just overlapped him for the Heisman favorite, like plus 200, but they barely got by Arizona last week, 43-31, uh, 43-41. It took three overtimes. They were favored by 21 in that game. I'm going to bank on Notre Dame's defense. They're only giving up 279 yards a game versus 421 for USC. And when two ranked teams play each other, guys, take the favorite. Very simple system, but it's 10-6 and six ATS this year. It's 56% uh, ATS since 2016. So I'm going to go money line Notre Dame, minus 150, three-point win. I don't want to push that. I'm on the Irish here. I got a bet against USC. It's going to be an interesting. Oh, <laughs> come I'm on, the big guy. Today. Push back on Applebaum. Come on, push back. What's up? I don't need to push back. We're going to watch the game, and Notre Dame's going to have to be chucking it from behind all day. They don't have skill guys. They got a great quarterback and a great running back and some big, ugly dudes on the O-line, and everyone else is too slow to run with dudes from Southern Cal. Touche, <laughs> <laughs> touche. We'll wow. find out Saturday. Touche. Silence. <laughs> silence. Uh, let's, go to the, silence. let's go to the border war between Oregon right, guys and Washington. Like Xerox paper. Uh, Huskies <laughs> laying three at home. Uh, Game of the weekend, arguably one of the best games of the college football season, Josh, two top 10 ranked teams. Which way do you come out in this matchup? Yeah, Amal, it's almost the same exact cap here. I think if you like Notre Dame, you like Washington. If you like USC, you probably like Oregon. So I'm going to once again bet against the popular dog here. Go with Washington. We've seen this line move toward the Huskies here. They open as low as minus one and a half, minus two. Now they're up to minus three. Now, why is the line going toward Washington? Let's take a step back. Take a step back. Ask ourselves why the movements on the Huskies. The Huskies are not the public play. The public play is Oregon. Oregon's currently getting around 65% of bets. Yet the line is going away from them. So if the public's rushing to the window in the most heavily bet game of the day on the trendy dog, why are the odds makers now giving out more points to take the trendy dog? Tells me they've taken a position here on Washington. Huskies only getting around 35% of bets, but 60% of the money. Also, again, that same system, two ranked teams take the favorite, 62% ATS this year, 56% ATS since 2016. And Penix Jr., uh, to me, is a, is an, a great you know, a guy to back offensively is averaging 446 yards through the air per game, only 330 for Oregon. I know Oregon has the better defense, but better offense is Washington. And Washington is going to get one of their best uh, receivers back, Jalen McMillan. He's been out last two games with a back injury. He's expected to play here. Uh, guys, I got two trendy dogs I want to bet against. So I'm going to go money line once again with Washington. Shop around, around minus 145. Yay. That is a great Are we way finally to end overlapping? It, Amal, we've, we're laying the three, right? And Dustin, yeah, we're laying yeah. the three, right, boys? Yeah. No yeah. doubt. Nice. There we go. Nice work. Now, the real question I have to ask you before we say goodbye, your boy Jerry Turner, bachelor, golden, <laughs> old fart. What's the story? Does he got a lot of shorties he's choosing from? 
So Patrick, I would highly recommend, you know, putting maybe your, you know, the games on your iPad, put the, put the bachelor tonight on the big one, because you, you'll get I'll the best of both worlds. <laughs> you'll, you'll get the golden bachelor first. And then right after you get uh bachelor in paradise, which that's the naughty stuff, Patrick, that's like uh rated R, you know, you get, you get PG with the golden bachelor to start. But what I'm excited about is I want these uh, older ladies who remind me of my mom or my grandmother uh, to start hey. battling a little bit. They're too nice to start, Patrick. Uh, there's also a lot of sad stories of, you know, their former, their widows or they lost their husband. They're trying to find love again. Uh, but this guy, he's decent. Jesse Palmer is trying to like, you know, uh, give him some tips and show him some game. And it's kind of funny watching him dance and stuff. But also say you will be astounded by the ages of some of these women. They'll be like 75 years old. Patrick, they'll look like they're 50. I don't know what's going on with uh, kind of the age gaps here, but I know we got some sweats tonight, but Patrick, we'll see who will accept the final rose tonight. You're, yep, definitely. I'm into it. <laughs> we already had a uh, golden bachelor on sharp money. We had Lisa Ann on, didn't we? Big guy. Ooh, I like it. What? I'm just saying she's what that's. Her, why are you looking at me like that? That's her genre. Oh, no, it's fair. It's fair. Uh, kid, I need to get some info on the women who get rejected because it feels like a good bounce back candidate, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Josh Applebaum, Market Insights, Daily Morning Bets, the best. <laughs> this is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, don't forget about the betting splits over at vsin.com. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes, so you can see the changes in all the action. Of course, you can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. vsin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game over at vsin.com. Dot com. I believe our boy is there. Give me the thumbs up if Andy's ready to go. No? Okay. We're going to get Andy Staples. Thumbs down from the big guy, the curmudgeon. That is Dustin Sweetelson, Amal Shaw. I'm Patrick Maher as we welcome you back. Spooky season here on Sharp Money. We're going to have our buddy Andy Staples joining in just a second. Uh, we just had Amal Shaw and Dustin Sweetelson fans stop by the spot there, the set at the D, downtown Las Vegas, Fremont Street. Always come by and say hi. They sign autographs for free. Is that fair, Amal Shaw? Free autographs? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. We're going to get Andy Staples up. I think we're going to have Andy for a couple of segments we, once we do. On three is where he's broadcasting from now. Andy Staples, of course, Sports Illustrated, The Athletic. On three. Andy Staples on three is the show on YouTube. I encourage everybody to check it out because he does a great job. Watch and subscribe. YouTube.com slash on three sports. You know, I did okay. understand on three until I said it out loud. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I, yeah. They could have said like Omaha or whatever. Is that what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. You had to say it. Just, yeah, to kind I of heard see, it. To feel it. And I was like, oh, I get it now. It's like Andy Staples on three. Go. Andy Staples on three. Andy is a guy, just quickly, um, as we're setting him up, he's a guy that we used to talk to for years and years on the radio. He's, he's a bit of not necessarily a contrarian like Josh Applebaum from a betting perspective, but I'd say, would you categorize Andy as a bit of a contrarian? Yes, because he gets, it's like, an, but it's an angry contrarian. Like Josh is emotionless, right? Josh, it's about the number and it's about the bet. For Andy, there's anger involved. Like he's angry at people for thinking a certain way. Yeah, I think that's fair. And he's been covering 
uh, college football forever. And he's going to join us here in just a little bit. Um, and then we're going to have Connor Allen, four on four sports betting spurts. He's going to join. And Brennan White, we're looking forward. It's a, his first appearance on the show, DraftKings U.S. trading team lead. So he's going to be straight from the trading floor there at DraftKings. But right now, he is <laughs> the best of our generation. Let's put it that way. When you think of college football in our generation, you think of Andy Staples. Okay, on3.com. Andy Staples on three. You can check out YouTube, youtube.com slash on three sports. And as we say hi to our boy, Andy Staples at Andy underscore Staples on Twitter. I work with a couple of curmudgeons, both Amal and Dustin don't like Halloween. I know for a fact, Mr. Staples, (laughs) that you freaking love it. And the kids I know in your bougie neighborhood are getting dressed up this year. No, of course. Now here's the problem though. My 12-year-old is going to a different bougie neighborhood because that's where her friends want to trick-or-treat. So I, I don't know how to handle that because Halloween is the biggest party night of the year in my neighborhood. I have my costume ready. I'm going to do – like my show airs at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Like I will do the show in costume on Halloween. We will pre-record because I'll be drunk by the time it airs. But <laughs> seriously, I mean, who doesn't like Halloween? We weren't saying Boys, we don't like Halloween. Like, first I, off, that it's the red solo cups are gonna be going nuts in Gainesville at the Staples household. We know that. The boys right there, Amal, Dustin, defend yourselves. I just don't like the idea of people coming knocking on my door randomly. You know, I, I'm just like, hey, I turn off the lights, I'm not at home. And he knocks on the door because I'm standing out there with a big bucket of candy. <laughs> Andy, all I said was no one's ever come to my door. And Patrick decided that means I hate Halloween. No, oh, children are just scared of yeah, me. Yeah, you're just you're just a Boo Radley of your neighborhood. That's OK. Did you say kill children? a Mockingbird reference on this show? Take it easy. Take it easy. The Great Gatsby, Andy Staples, joining us on three dot com. Andy Staples. Graduate of the University of Alabama. We're talking college football here. (laughs) I'm aware. Um, First off, congratulations. On3 is awesome. YouTube.com slash On3Sports. I encourage everybody to check it out. Uh, This game coming up there on Lake Washington on Saturday. First off, you know what's so funny? How many years you and I talked when the Pac-12 was dreadful? Now the Pac-12 <laughs> yes. is freaking awesome, and it's going away, right? This is going to be a great matchup with Oregon and Washington. It's going to be incredible. And the thing about this is so different than Oklahoma-Texas last week. Like, the winner of Oklahoma-Texas can't really rest on that. Like, I don't know why Danny Sutzman made those T-shirts, because it just means Texas players are going to wear them when they play in the in the Big 12 championship game with a playoff berth on the line. Like, they're going to play each other again. We know that. The winner of this game probably is making the Pac-12 championship game. The loser might not, though, because both of these teams still have to play USC, Utah, Oregon State, and Washington State. So those are easily losable games for either one of these teams. You need this mulligan. you got to win this game. You're absolutely right about that. When you look at this matchup, do you just basically give the home field advantage to Washington and that's the difference in this game? Because both these teams offensively look so balanced in terms of how close they are or do you see one edge one way or the other no i think oregon's better on the line of scrimmage that's why i picked oregon i i I think i think they're better on the d line better on the o line now washington could prove me wrong because they it's not like they're 
some finesse team. I think people look at Michael Penix and and those receivers and say, oh, they just air it out. They're all soft. No, no, no. they're not soft at all at Washington. I just think Oregon is very good on both lines of scrimmage. And I think that makes a big difference. I don't think you'd be surprised, but the chatter here in Los Angeles, Andy Staples, is about the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively at USC. Uh, they had every right to lose that game on Saturday night, late into the night where you live there against Arizona. Arizona's much improved, to be fair, but they're yes. headed to South Bend. Um, talk about that matchup with USC and no- uh, Notre Dame. That one's an interesting one because you know, the Notre Dame people are so down on their offense right now. I'm like, just wait, because... USC's defense is not as good as Louisville's defense or Duke's defense or Ohio State's defense. Like, you will score some points this week. The question is, how much can Notre Dame limit USC's offense as the best defense that USC has played so far? And look, Caleb Williams is a magician. He's incredible. Like, they do not win that Arizona game with a normal quarterback. They had to have Superman to win that game. And they might go in this game because he's Superman. But that's the only way they do it. He has to be superhuman because that defense doesn't give him another choice. Andy, good matchup in Corvallis between UCLA and Oregon State. This uh, UCLA team defensively flying under the radar. They had that hiccup at uh, Rice Eccles. But other than that, can this team with the young freshman and Dante Moore go on the road and beat uh, DJ Uyunglele and company? Yeah, this is a tough one because I I feel like in the Pac-12, the 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 location has mattered. I, I know I just said I pick, I'm picking Oregon and Seattle, but it's the same thing. Like when Utah went up to, to Corvallis, it was right after Utah had beaten UCLA. And, and those two games, that Utah-UCLA game and the Oregon State-Utah game, feel like wh- whoever was the home team was going to win that game. And so I feel like with, with the teams at this level in the Pac-10, uh, Pac-12, you just pick the home team when they, when they seem fairly even. Um, and I think I think Oregon State probably gets it done because I think they have a little better offense than than what UCLA has seen so far. Because Utah, remember, no Cam Rising, no Brant Keithy. That's not the same offense that Utah had last year. UCLA's defense has been the surprise of the conference. No. Um. No, I mean, I think I think Arizona being. As good Arizona as it was against good. Washington and, and USC was, and, and their record's bad. Like you look at the record and you're like, oh, they're having a terrible season. No, they're actually pretty good. And you think you, hopefully that sort of evens out for them as the season goes on. Cause they're playing really well. Like I was really surprised that they were in a one score game with Washington and should have beaten USC. Andy, how does Miami not have an interim football coach this week? <laughs> well, uh, buyouts are, are a thing. And that would be very expensive. So that's why, because you, you, you can't be fired for cause for <laughs> just, I, I don't even know what to call it. We're calling it the brain lock at hard rock. Like I have no idea what to call what happened there. It's the dumbest thing you've ever seen. And the thing is you've actually seen it before with Mario Cristobal. Like yep. he's not a knee taker. Although I guarantee you, he is a knee taker from now on from this point forward. He will take knees when it is mathematically right to take a knee. My guess is there is now somebody wearing a U on their polo shirt whose job it is to just look at the clock and go, okay, coach, knee. What did he say after the game? I didn't hear. Did he make an excuse? No, he said he should have taken a knee. There's no excuse you can make. (laughs) 
<laughs> I can't believe. I still can't believe. Hey, could you hold on, Andy? Do you mind doing another one yeah, with us? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool. Okay, let Patrick, me just do this because I'm. I do multiple seconds. I, I know, you. I know. You're the best. On three, number three dot com, and check it out if you like college football. Andy Staples on three on YouTube as well. Trust me, you won't regret it. They're doing a great job. Staples coming back here. Sharp money. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Story Button, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money, I want to thank Andy Staples again for joining. Brennan White straight from the DraftKings floor coming up in just a little bit as we welcome you back. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live from the D. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. This is Sharp Money. It's Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. We're going to welcome in Connor Allen, Sports Betting Manager for, for Football and Bet Spurts at Connor Allen NFL 
on Twitter. You can check out the podcast. I encourage you to do so. Move the line. My man's hit 57, right around 57% the last two seasons, which is very, I want to discuss that distinction because oftentimes new betters getting into the space, they see uh, people talking about win percentages of 60 plus. That's just not going to happen consistently. If you're hitting right around 56, 57%, I can assure you, you're going to make plenty and plenty of money. And Connor Allen has done that. Hi, Connor. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, We were talking during the break. So why don't we start here, kick off week six in Kansas City of of course, the number's going to be big. We got 11 on the side. The totals come down, Connor, because of that wind, uh, down 51 on the opener, down to 47. Not sure if you have an official play side or total or prop, but let's jump into Thursday night football here to start. Yeah, this game's tough. I, I don't think the wind's going to play too much of a factor. Based on our research, we're looking at like 14, 15 mile per hour sustained winds. Usually that doesn't really affect quarterback play until 20 mile per hour sustained winds. There's gusts up to 30, though, so that means there might be a couple throws that are a little bit errant. So we'll see there there uh, if that happens. But my only play in this game, really, I took some Javante Williams unders. I took under 36 and a half rushing yards. I think that there's just a lot of outs for this to happen right here because obviously he missed last week. We saw Jaleel McLaughlin come in and crush Samaje Piran is still going to play a role. So if McLaughlin plays more, then we're probably going to see less Williams. If, you know, Williams isn't fully healthy, then he probably plays left less. If the Chiefs get a big lead, then we probably see fewer runs. Like there's so many different outs here that I think can lead to this under. Really, the only way we lose that one is if the he goes right back into his regular role. The Broncos keep it close and focus on the run, which is possible. But I think there's enough outs in the under for that to hit. Like that call. We talked about that one yesterday as well. Ravens Titans here at this game in London. Ravens laying four against Tennessee. Connor, is there a particular edge or side you favor in this matchup? Yeah, this is probably one of my favorite games so far on the slate. I played three things. I played Ravens minus four, Zay Flowers over 55 and a half receiving yards. And I took Ryan Tannehill under 210 passing yards. I think this game is going to come down to whether the Titans defense can pressure Lamar, though. Right now, 10th in pressure rate, but Lamar's splits under pressure are significant. Uh, but if the Titans don't get pressure, allowing an 80% completion rate, 8.3 yards per attempt. And so I think that we're going to see that occasionally happen here. And, and a guy like Zay Flowers get loose. Zay Flowers, Ravens clear number one wide out, 28% target share 31 percent of the team's air yards titans are allowing an average of seven receptions for 92 receiving yards to opposing wide receiver ones and then ryan Tannehill, uh, i think in this spot here might struggle uh without Traylon burks has struggled against good pass defense teams and the ravens defense so far second in epa success rate and allowing the fewest explosive pass plays of the season so a couple of different bets there but I, I like all three of those in this spot okay just to reiterate connor likes the ravens lane four in london Zay Flowers, WR1, over 55 and a half receiving yards. And Ryan Tannehill, under 210 as far as the pass yard prop. We're joined by Connor Allen, sports betting manager, 4 for 4 football and bet spurts at Connor Allen NFL on Twitter. Check out the podcast. Connor does a great job. Move the line. And as we talk about it, we've got more bets to get to. But I see you wearing the Circa lid, Connor. Did you get involved in Circa Millions and or Circa Survivor, which has been a bloodbath this, this year? <laughs> Yeah, I played in a couple of survivor contests, uh, currently not, not alive, unfortunately, but, um, I, they had an event out in Chicago they just launched their sports book out in Illinois. And so that was cool to meet some of the guys there. Um, it's great, you know, great staff, great crew, and, uh, obviously great sports book. Is that where you're, is that where you're based there in the Midwest in Illinois? Yep. yep in Josh, well, in Chicago. Okay. Well, let me ask you uh, about a Chicago team. All of a sudden I, I'd be curious to get your take. Uh, just on the team itself. And we can talk about a number where Chicago's hosting Minnesota. Minnesota's in a weird spot, right? Emotional letdown potentially after that loss against Kansas City at home. Justin Jefferson goes to the IR. 
And like shockingly, Fields has been balling the last two weeks. I, I know a lot of people got wiped out in Survivor with Washington at home getting blown out by Chicago. Give us an idea where everybody is on the Bears and maybe a thought on that game. Yeah, the, the pulse in the city here is pretty wild because I've never seen a city and, you know, group of people so excited heading into a season about a team just to be fall flat on their face in week one. And it was just so apparent that everything that had been talked about in the offseason just didn't come to fruition. It was, you know, Justin Fields is going to take a step forward with a better offensive line with DJ Moore. And, you know, the passing game was going to be better and then the defense was going to be better with these new new signings. Literally none of that happened. Uh, now their defense is banged up. You know, DJ or Justin Fields didn't take a step forward as a passer. Now, that being said, he's played well the last few weeks. They're kind of letting him just do his thing and he may never be that like franchise quarterback they want in terms of like being a consistent pocket passer, but he's playing well. I think there's going to be a good spot here against the Vikings. Their secondary hasn't played all that well specifically and they run a lot of zone blitzes and Justin Fields in his career has actually played really well against the blitz, but not too well against pressure. So it's those situations again, where if they blitz, but don't get pressure, which happens a lot with Minnesota, Justin Fields could take advantage of that. So I think I like the over in this game, to be honest. I think that there's plenty of points scored, even with Justin Jefferson out. Connor, I want to go to a game that really catches my eye. Seattle and Cincinnati. This line sitting at three, Bengals laying it at home. Uh, what do you like in this matchup and why? Yeah, I lean towards the Seattle here side here at plus three. I think they're getting healthier defensively. Now we're going to have Tariq Woolen, Devin Witherspoon, and Jamal Adams playing all together here. Uh, and we look at this, this Bengals offense here. Joe Burrow has been one of the worst quarterbacks under pressure this season because of his injury. 40% completion rate, 2.6 yards per attempt. Seahawks so far, one of the best teams getting pressure in the league. Obviously, a lot of that's skewed by the Giants game that we just saw where they were, you know, in the back, basically living in the opponent's backfield here specifically. But I still think that that might be a little bit more sticky. They blitz a bunch more as well once they got their key defenders back, but specifically offensively for the Seahawks offense, I think they're going to have a ton of success running the ball against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's run defense has been among the worst in the league so far, basically bottom five in most key metrics that I look at. Yes, but Connor, the show that you're on right now, Sharp Money, are the biggest Bengals fans on the planet. I'll tell you what happened. We got a thousand dollars Super Bowl. We got a th- we just it, we had to do something here, okay? Just we had a thousand dollar free roll on uh, uh, Super Bowl futures, okay? So we won a little contest amongst the other shows here, and so you just took a look at the market and the and the pricing on the Super Bowl futures there at Circa, and. Like, for example, you saw 28 to 1 on Cincinnati over at DraftKings. We got the Bengals at 40 to 1 over at Circus Sports. It was all about the price. 40 to 1 is a pretty good price, no? Oh, I love that. That's 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 more than fine. I mean, I actually think they're probably underrated as a whole in the market. Uh, if things start to click and Joe Burrow gets healthier, I just think in this spot, I, I think Seattle's underrated as well. But yeah, 40 to 1 is, is not a bad look as well because – I mean, Burrow's going to get healthier. He's going to play better. As long as they kind of are able to glide by there for a little bit, I think that they'll be able to, they'll be fine. As long as they make the playoffs, that's all you got to do. Make the playoffs. Did you guys notice how I yelled at Connor to make sure that he liked our bet? Well, I, didn't think he, I, I didn't think he had an option after you said you like our play. No. <laughs> yeah, my, That's called leading the witness. Yeah. I've, been, I've been doing this for way too long. You like the play, don't you, Connor? Or we're going to hang up on you. Uh, one more. And I don't know if it's going to be PJ Walker. I, I know Deshaun hasn't practiced. My assumption it is for Cleveland going to be Walker at quarterback. Um, you right now, let's go ahead and take a look at their play. You got the 49ers laying seven at the Browns. 
Yeah, I mean, this is tough. I think I, you know, I do a couple shows each week. And, you know, when I texted our producer, the producer here, I think it was like seven. You know, I played five and a half earlier in the week. I played six and a half, hoping it was still seven. But like you said, it's, it's leaning more and more t- towards PJ Walker starting here. Deshaun Watson doesn't practice out of the bye. Just not a good sign. So I think in this spot here, though, we're getting up to like Niners minus nine, minus eight and a half in this spot. I still lean towards the Niners, but I mean, I get it's becoming a lot more efficient. And I think a couple of reasons why I still like the Niners in this spot, you know, Cleveland's banged up on their offensive line a little bit. Still Joel, Joel Batonio still not practicing. Uh, I'm just not confident at all that the Browns can move the ball here without Nick Chubb going forward and, you know, banged up offensive line in a tough matchup. And then specifically this Niners offense, basically the best that they've had in the last 20 years in my mind. Uh, and this Cleveland defense here, they've looked amazing to start the season. One of the best teams through four weeks. And then they played against Lamar Jackson, who averaged 9.8 yards per attempt, completed nearly 80% of his passes. And this Niners team, I think, is a significant step up offensively than what we saw from the Ravens. So I'm not saying that they're going to blow them out of the water or anything, but I think that they'll have some success offensively, whereas the Cleveland offense will be tough to come by. So I still lean towards the Niners, but again, we're getting up to like nine. I don't know if it gets to 10, but I'm curious if you guys uh, have talked about that at all. Too. We, we've not well, got, we, we so actually, good. sorry to interrupt you. Amal was right. Cause we wanted to, we were going to bet the 49ers, but remember they were like, what Amal five and a half yeah. to one prior to the blowout of the Cowboys. And then they dropped Connor to like three and a half to one. So with a thousand dollars, we got to split it like 10 ways. We could, there was no way we could justify that price. Yeah, by then you're not even be able to buy a dinner, you know, given current rates. So yeah, you got to at least make do something nice. Yeah, when you look at San Francisco right now, Connor, I don't know if you have the same perspective. We talked about this after the game on Monday. It just seems like there's hard to find a deficiency with this 49ers team right now. Oh, totally. I mean, the only way that people have had success is like the Rams had some offensive success, kind of stretching them a little bit and then going underneath. But, you know, that just doesn't exist with a lot of teams. Like not every team can kind of stretch their defense in a way that matches what what is necessary in order to win. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be really, really dependent on their opponent. And just frankly, there aren't a whole lot of teams that can take advantage of that. Do you well, I won't ask you. We just have a minute here. I won't ask you if you like the Lions because you grew up in Illinois. I grew up in Michigan. But do you like this Lions team this year? Let me ask you that way. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think they're legit. I, their injury report, though, is a disaster as of like an hour ago, you know. So, I, again, it's coming in tough. I laid some Lions minus three. I think that they're very legit in terms of the NFC contenders. Um, their offense is really strong. They're becoming a little bit more multiple. Ben Johnson is being able to utilize his players a lot more. And now we get Jameson Williams coming back. If we have Sam Laporta healthy going forward, um, you know, Amon Rossi Brown healthy going forward, they just have a multitude of weapons and ways that they can execute even with Jared Goff being good, but you know, mostly as some of his parts quarterback. So I think in this spot here, uh, their defense, you know, again, injured, but when healthy, I think are really strong. So yeah, I like the Lions going forward as well. Ben Johnson is a maestro. I'm glad you called him out. Connor Allen, Connor Allen, NFL on Twitter. Make sure you check out the podcast, move the line. Great job, Connor. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks guys. Appreciate having me on. Okay. Good stuff. Enjoyed that spot. We're back. Shower money. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. 
Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.